0: You are listening to The Pharmacy Podcast Show, the leading word in pharmacy. You can find all of our episodes at www.pharmacypodcast.com.
1: On today's pharmacy podcast, we interview Terry Forshee, pharmacist and pharmacy owner of Cherokee Pharmacy, founder of the Take Charge Weight Loss Lifestyle Management Program dedicated to independent pharmacy. Terry writes a blog on the Walgreens settlement for painkillers to the DEA for $80 million. Terry wrote a widely read blog
0: called Letter to the Editor of USA Today. Let's hear from Terry. Hi, this is Terry Forshee, Independent Pharmacist, President of Cherokee Pharmacies in Cleveland, Tennessee and Dalton, Georgia, and founder of the Take Charge Lifestyle Education Program for Pharmacists. And you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: Hey, pharmacy community, this is your host of the Pharmacy Podcast, Todd Yuri, and I am very excited. Today's a, a special show. Um, our guest is a returning uh, interviewee, uh, way back on episode 29, uh, Mr. Terry Forshee, with Cherokee Pharmacy and also the Take Charge Lifestyle Management Program. Been a friend of Terry's now for about three years. Have uh, been very proud to know him uh, as a fellow independent pharmacy champion. And Terry has written an article re- recently that has been uh, taking off like wildfire through the independent pharmacy community. If you haven't read it, you've got to read it. So I'm just right from the beginning, I'm going to get right into this. First of all, how are you doing today, Terry?
0: Good afternoon, Todd, and the feeling is mutual. I've enjoyed uh, getting to know you over the last few years, and uh, I'm excited at what you're doing and love listening to your podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much. Um, So jumping right in here, Terry, we uh, were all uh, hit in the head by this incredible uh, blog that you wrote on June 12th um, of 2013. It was titled Letter to the Editor of USA Today. Um, terryforsche.com is where you can find it that's t-e-r-r-y-f-o-r-s-h-e-e terryforsche.com title is letter to the editor and you really punched it in the head terry and i'm gonna uh, ask you a couple questions but basically it's you know you're a practicing pharmacist uh, you've been a pharmacy owner for quite some time You have a concern about the DEA spokesperson who's so quick to point the finger at an issue that came up with a pharmacist oversight, a wholesaler oversight, but you never seem to accept the responsibility, the ultimate source of this problem. Uh, Explain to our listeners uh, what you were blogging about.
0: Well, you know, you've heard that – Gosh, I've tried Network, the old movie Network, but you're mad as hell and just not going to take it anymore. That's really kind of the way that I've gotten in in dealing with some of these issues that it seems real easy that pharmacy is is a punching bag. I mean, we're talking about the meth uh, situation here on pseudoephedrine, and we take all the blame for that because we're all out there for money, and we're making such a fortune off selling these $1.99 pseudoephed tablets. And uh, everything just seems to be – it's always – points to us, and nobody listens to us, and we're the ones that, that actually have the solutions. And then, so and then we walk into this, this uh, oxycodone stuff that just came out of really out of nowhere two or three years ago down in Florida and certainly has worked its way in my part of the country, in Georgia and Tennessee. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, nobody seems to be looking at the root cause of the problem Uh, because it's too hard for them to deal with. So instead of dealing with the difficulties, they just decide that, hey, we're going to attack community pharmacy. And of course, then, uh, you know, it's Walgreens took the first hit uh, of uh, a fine. But, you know, again, they did it because they just don't want to fight anything. And so then I got the the word uh, reading the USA Today and and my wholesaler said they're getting pressure from the DEA to start cutting the amount of narcotics that we can buy. And uh, I, I, I deal with this every day, and I don't do anything wrong. You know, I mean, I fill prescriptions, and my pharmacists fill prescriptions that we believe are legitimate and that we believe, uh, to the best of our knowledge, are, are, are for patients who need it. And we see the stories. I mean, I'm not naive enough to say that nothing we ever do Gets into the wrong hands. But, but I'll tell you, we have a, a, a screening policy and, and a procedure that we follow with every single patient. And I believe it's effective. And I believe we're not contributing to the problem. We're, we're trying to help address the problem, but nobody wants to listen to what we have to say. And we can point them to the physicians that are the rogue physicians. We can point them to physicians who are not following any kind of protocol. And, and and you know they don't ask us. They don't want to know. And I've called them, and so I can tell you right now, they do not want to talk to us.
1: Right. That that they don't want to solve or go after what the true problem is. It's like saying, uh, you know, the old adage, or or I've heard many pharmacists say, pharmacy owners say, it'd be like uh, going after uh, the beer distributor and then the uh, beer di- um, um, wholesaler uh because of alcoholism and it's just like you know are you kidding and and that's not even strong that's not even as strong as an argument as what's actually happening a pharmacist receives a legitimate prescription they're supposed to take care of their customer and they're being penalized to do so and oh by the way terry just through twitter today there is a twitter account that i follow um it's a kind of a, a neat um name uh you of course can uh, look it up. He he is uh, he doesn't pull any punches, but it's R Exorcist. That's R X E R C I S T, and um, and he's anonymous, synonymous behind that, and that's okay. But he was saying that a friend of his, a, a pharmacy owner friend of his, is receiving tons of pressure from the DEA for an issue that wasn't even their pharmacy. It was a pharmacy that was like a couple counties over. But it was just a way for them to uh, begin penalizing someone uh, who didn't do who didn't do anything except fill prescriptions that they have prescriptions for, and it's unbeknownst and mysterious uh, as to why and what the logic is behind the DEA. So um, I'm at a loss for words.
0: Well, I, I agree, and and I do follow him too. By the way, I think. It's- that's, that's one of the greatest names that that uh, our Twitter handle that I've seen, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I, we we've communicated over this issue a couple of times uh, since my blog, and and I just like I said, I don't I don't mind doing our part, but but I, I've kind of just taken a stand in in my area here and I've stayed in county, uh, you know, on the meth thing that that uh, you know I don't I don't sell pseudoephedrine to people that that, that don't need it. And, and I certainly don't sell it to the, the Smurf population that they all talk about. But, but again, the easy solution to this, and I do not agree with a pharmacist that answered on my blog that it needs to be on prescription only. I mean, you're, you're denying patients access to something when used correctly doesn't cause any harm. And you can't make laws to protect people from themselves. And that's what they're trying to do here. Of course, we've got other ones that fall into that category. But, you know, what I'm saying, hey, we need a third category of, of uh, prescriptions. We need, we need pharmacist-generated prescriptions. And there are numerous examples that should fall into that, whether you're talking about the, the PPIs, the Prevacids, and the, the uh, uh, Nexiums and things like that, or you're, you're talking about some of these new over-the-counter launches of the antihistamines. But before going to the general public, why not? You know, why not let, allow pharmacists to track, just like we track prescriptions, generate a prescription, and and be able to track it? Enough. But no, nobody discusses that. You know, our leadership doesn't discuss it. Nobody talks about it, and and we're all trying to fight to become providers. Well, to me, we've got to start acting like a provider if we're going to be appointed providers. And these are just a couple of situations where I've just decided to take a stand. Uh, that I know, hey, when I wrote that blog, don't don't think I don't understand that the DEA got copies of that, and I expect you know, I expect some retribution from the DEA. Uh, but I've already talked with attorneys and things over this, and I'm prepared. We don't do anything wrong, and and we're prepared to stand up uh, to do this because it's just time for our profession to decide where we're going. And I just believe we need to be providers. I believe we need to take our rightful place uh in the medical community and filling the gaps where patients need us and that's that's why i decided to take the stand that i'm taking
1: well the dea expects pharmacists and pharmacy owners to keep accurate inventories and records identify suspicious patients and prescriptions access uh, the medical legitimacy of controlled substance prescriptions report prescriptions that do not comply with the law Report the theft or significant loss of controlled substances on you know official order forms, and that's being done by the majority of those pharmacy owners out there who are running businesses, legitimate businesses, trying to serve their community, trying to make a
0: living. Um, right, the, the, and so and so the bottom line, Todd, is what they're saying there. You need to use your professional judgment, right? Right. Exactly. Right? So we use our professional judgment, and that's now that's not good enough. You know, they tell us we got to use it. Uh, I've called the DEA personally I've called the, the representative for my area talked to him personally they give you zero guidelines on what you're supposed to do so we created our own protocols that we strictly adhere to and and I believe I'll be you know someday I may be standing up in court defending it but I believe it I believe it's very defensible but they ask us to use our professional judgment and yet, they don't value our professional judgment when they start doing things like this and saying we can't buy narcotics because uh, obviously we're the problem. Uh, this whole situation—it just flew all over me. It just—it just time. I, I've just had enough of my integrity and my ability to practice my profession being being belittled and being compromised and being used as a whipping boy by government agencies, by insurance companies, by PBMs, everybody. And it's just, it's just time for us to stand up, Todd, and, and say, listen, we know what we're doing out here. Why don't you do your job and let us do our job? Listen to what we've got to say. You know, they will be having community local area meetings. The DEA should just get there and have their agent come and convene and listen to what pharmacists have to say. Hey, we would point them right to where the problems are. And do it. But then the answer is, well, we got to have evidence. We can't shut them down. So a thousand prescriptions that we refuse to feel that we we make a photocopy. of, We make a photocopy of the I.D. and a thousand prescriptions we have is not enough evidence to shut down a a medical practice. But they can go in and try to to take uh, these these drugs out of the hands of legitimate patients uh, to make themselves feel better and to trumpet their horn like they're doing something to solve this problem. Well, your article
1: certainly has uh, grabbed a lot of attention. Um, many um, readers have uh, left uh, comments, and some of those comments are extremely interesting and poised, uh, even from other pharmacy owners. Obviously, um, how how does it how do you what do you do to to finally take action to to make it make a reform to to get the DEA to make reform for community pharmacists or, or pharmacy in general? Um, I don't, I don't necessarily know where to go unless we, of course, start an American Pharmacists Association or, or something that uh, we at least get some, some, uh, some of their ear. Uh, I like the fact that if you got a bunch of pharmacists together, state to state, um, and you had a DEA agent come in to do a almost like a task force initiation, so that pharmacists could become part of it. Um, that's at least working hand in hand rather than it seemingly like the DEA just pulls things out of the air. And the next thing you know, really it ends up shutting down the business of a, of a community pharmacy.
0: Yeah. And I I don't know what, uh, I don't know the direction to go either. I just wanted to get a discussion started here. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just time that, that somebody, you know, listens to, uh, to what we have to say about the issue, if they really want to solve the problem, uh, then you know I believe I believe we have the answer. I mean, I really do. But but somebody's got to listen, and uh, the only way I I knew to uh, to to lit to get them to listen to us is to start a discussion on it. So that's that's what I decided to do.
1: Now, there's a comment on on here, Jarrett uh, Swarford, and the ending is. Uh, very exactly I thinking it says this is arguably one of the largest issues facing community pharmacy and the ripple effect could drastically change the way we dispense medications in almost certain negative way I'm going to share this post with as many colleagues and patients as you possibly can that's that's exact exactly it it, it ultimately it's going to harm uh, a patient and um and customer need and uh and out of the 22,000 plus Um, pharmacies throughout the country that are uh, privately owned um, and then a a number what uh, another six to eight thousand you know super chains it's a it's it's not a it's not a good uh, a pathway that's being taken today
0: no and and I think it is an important issue if not the most important issue because they're all linked together I mean I think all of us have come to the realization that you know, if we if we're honest with ourselves, we have come to the realization that the way we're practicing pharmacy today, for the most part, is not is not a viable business anymore. Uh, we got maybe maybe a year, maybe two years. Who knows what Obamacare uh, is going to do with that? But we you know we're here fighting for our professional lives, and we know that we can have an impact. We know that we can plug in to gaps in the healthcare system today. Uh, and make a big difference but if we allow these these agencies and and these people to to begin to erode our reputation and uh, really demean us as professionals by telling us you use your professional judgment and then on the same hand say yeah but that professional judgment's not good enough uh, so we're not gonna let you buy stuff anymore I mean I, I just find it absolutely insane uh, the things that are happening and the other frustration, Todd, is that, you know, you everybody's afraid to stand up. I mean, wholesalers, you know, my wholesaler, and I'm not gonna tell you who who it is, but you know, my wholesaler, they're not standing up for me. I mean, they're not fighting for me. This is and true. None of none of the big the big guys are uh are gonna be are, are actually fighting for me.
1: They don't you know? they don't want the the million the million if not billion dollar fine that, that comes with standing up. I tell you what um, i'm not going to mention any wholesalers either but you know that my our buying group works directly with a a major a very powerful uh very pro-independent um wholesaler and um they tell us all the time that they're very worried and very cautious about uh continuing business opening new business and it's just talk about a a de-stimulus of the economy for goodness sakes it's, it's the sensitivity that's been created, and it's really over-sensitivity that's been created by uh, being afraid of the unspecifications and not being able to follow through how this all doesn't make sense uh, via the DEA.
0: Yeah, and, and it's not like the wholesalers. To me, they're the perfect opportunity to stand up because they've got people in, in our pharmacies you know, on a, on a, on a bi-weekly basis, uh, certainly, if not a weekly basis. You know, I mean, they've got people in our pharmacies, and so they know the difference in a pharmacy that's a legitimate pharmacy and one that's not. So there, there's your answer. I mean, that's why, that's why they should stand up for us. Uh, first of all, there are a lot of pharmacies, I mean, a lot of wholesalers out there that depend totally on independent pharmacists for, for their business. I mean, of, of all things, these are the ones that need to be standing up for, for our rights and standing up for us and I'm just frustrated because sometimes when I wrote this article basically I just I, I just had several discussions with my wholesaler throughout the day and, and got them to reinstate because uh, basically they were going to cut off all my narcotics on the 10th of the month and they had made a mistake in the calculations but they won't tell you what calculations they were even trying to utilize to start with and here I would be the next 20 days of, of June have no way to take care of my patients. And I've just, like I said, it just, it was just a a boiling over a frustration point that I've just decided that I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. I mean, I feel like that I practice pharmacy with as high of integrity as I know how to do. And that I believe I would stack up against anybody in the nation and it's time for them To start listening to what I have to say and and if they want me to exercise my professional judgment then trust my professional judgment because they're doing the same thing uh, you know today with doctors they're allowing them to determine that they can write prescriptions for these patients but then our professional judgment is supposed to say that doctor really doesn't know what the hell he's doing and uh, you know in some cases I've had to do that but but the reality of it is the problem begins with the writing of the prescription not with the filling of the prescription and uh, I believe that's where they need to be focusing and they need to be quicker to pull the trigger and shut a clinic down it doesn't matter to me if they convict them anymore shut them down they don't care about my pharmacy but they could take care of this Todd if they wanted to but they're trying to take the easy way out and pick on the people that are, are the most defenseless it's just another bullying tactic that is coming up because they believe pharmacists uh won't say anything it looks good in the headlines when they bust one of us well the headline that didn't look good to me was when a pharmacist friend of mine was murdered a few weeks ago trying to follow the stupid rules that they have instituted and not being able to get drugs to fill one of these patients and they ended up blowing his brains out wow
1: well i wanted to just thank you terry for coming on the show without really any uh any notice you came on right away when i reached out to you and i very much thank you uh for that um and we're going to be following this issue definitely get this out to as many pharmacists pharmacy owners if you're listening to the show please pass this recording on to another one of your pharmacy colleagues and um let's just keep stirring it up
0: todd i look forward to seeing you on the road this summer and anytime i can help you feel free to call me thank you so much terry Thank you, buddy. We were on with
1: Terry Forshee. He's the president and founder of Take Charge Pharmacy. You can find that at takechargerx.com He's also a blogger over at Um And we're a big supporter of him and all of independent pharmacy. If you have any questions or you want to comment on the uh, program, you can comment down below in the comments section. Um, if you have ideas for a follow-up story, please reach out to us, pharmacypodcast.com and we thank you.